This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to a special edition. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Retail Insider Podcast. I'm Craig Patterson, Editor-in-Chief of Retail Insider, and we're joined here today with Drew Green. He's the CEO of Indochino, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, his background, uh, Indochino as a brand, where it's going, and uh, all kinds of other stuff here. So welcome, Drew. Thanks so much, Craig. I appreciate uh, appreciate being here today. I'm glad this isn't a video podcast. Um, my hair has not been cut in 15 months, so I appreciate it being sound only. Well, hey, it's, we're in a pandemic. A lot of people are in the same boat. Right. <laughs> but uh, let's talk a bit about your background and uh, how you got to be CEO of Indochino. How did things begin in terms of, um, of you, yourself in retail? You know what? I've just been... Um, you know, really, really fortunate. How to have had a blessed career so far. Um, you know, I've been an entrepreneur now for uh, over twenty years. Um, you know, I'm primarily in, in in retail technology, e-commerce, and now omni-channel commerce. And so, you know, the first company we built and sold in in my hometown of Toronto uh, to a firm in New York, and you know, moved to New York. Had an amazing you know, nine or 10 years in, in New York, um, you know, working for DoubleClick, head of retail. DoubleClick, of course, was sold uh, to Google uh, for three and a half billion. And, you know, from there, just really uh, dug in on the entrepreneurial side again and and have done so, you know, launched and grew marketplaces, e-commerce marketplaces in the US, the UK and Canada. Uh, all three of those businesses sold. Um, you know, have been investing and starting companies at a pretty rapid pace these last uh, 15 years. And Indochino is just, you know, just so fortunate, you know, six, over six years ago, I had an opportunity to to come in uh, and really reimagine, restart uh, the company, uh, which is some fantastic partners, Scott Jacobson in in Seattle, uh, who is a partner at Madrona. Uh, and Pete Cornetta, uh, who uh, runs a fund called Porchlight uh, Ventures uh, in Boston. And so, you know, the three of us just really banded together and, you know, sort of reimagined what is now Indochino. And, um, you know, I've had a fantastic time, you know, doing that these last, you know, six to seven years. Interesting. And the company's grown significantly over the past few years under your direction. It had a few showrooms and was much smaller. And now, it's quite big and continues to grow. Tell me a bit about the expansion and uh, how it came about uh, over the last few years, prior to the pandemic. Anyways, yeah, it's it's a it's a good question because anytime you you know you start a business or in this case you know essentially restart a business, you know you have a lot of decisions to make, right? In terms of okay, where do I want the company to be in five years and ten years? You know, how can it be perhaps a generational brand or or, or technology company? Um, you know, over a hundred years. And so, you know, we, I, I kind of remember back, we had a lot of different discussions about where we would take the brand. And ultimately, you know, we felt, and I felt that in order to become, you know, a global apparel brand, which we now are, um, we really needed to do things a little differently. Right. And, you know, at the essence, what we had was we had a product that I believed could be you know, frankly, the future of apparel, right? Um, being able to customize uh, your garment, being able to to fit it to your measurements, um, and being able to personalize it so that it's really one of a kind. I felt and and still feel that that is the future of apparel, and and frankly, you know, the future of a lot of different products we buy. 
And so we have this, this sort of great base of, of, of a foundation in the product. And, you know, we could go online only, we could go many countries at a time and, and expand, you know, online globally. I really felt like at the core of what we needed to put around the brand was an experience. So a lot of retailers, you know, talk about product as sort of the core focus, and certainly it's su- super important. But for us, it's the experience that's the core focus. And so, you know, obviously the product is part of that experience, but, you know, our showrooms and how, you know, that, that journey from, you know, creating an appointment, going in, working with the style guide, creating your one of a kind garment, and now getting that garment in, you know, two weeks, um, that took a lot of work. You know, we're by the end of this month, we're now at 80 showrooms and uh, all of the showrooms are new since, you know, since we restarted the company. And so, um, you know, we've become a very, very big brand, you know, the company, as you said, has grown really rapidly. Um, you know, we kind of sit here five or six times bigger than we were at the time that we restarted. We're a nine-figure revenue company now for three plus years, and uh, just having a ton of fun doing it. So, no, oh, and that in-store customer service, customer service, like you said, is really important. I had a suit made a couple of years ago at Indochino in Toronto, and. Um, I learned a lot about the process of, of suit making and, and and a lot of things that I didn't know. The, the young gentleman that was uh, working with me on this was incredibly knowledgeable about so many things and just had tidbits and stuff. Like I felt like I was being educated and served at the same time and I left really happy. Yeah. Yeah, that's our goal, right? We we want you to have fun, right? And And so you think about, again, going back six years, you think about the apparel experience you know, you kind of go into a store or you go online, you know, you pick out what you want. Maybe somebody helps you. Maybe they don't. Uh, maybe it fits perfectly. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, and you check out and you go home or you check out and it arrives at your door and, and, and that's fine. Right. But we wanted to reimagine that and we really wanted to make it fun. Um, we really wanted to make an experience that was memorable, which it sounded sounds like it was for you, Craig. And, and ultimately an experience that, that, you know, you tell your friends about and you come back to experience again. And that's, that's really happened at a rapid rate. You know, our repeat customer rate is incredibly stable, industry leading. And, you know, our, one of our biggest channels in terms of demand is, is referrals, right? Is re- people telling their friends and family and, and, and those people then coming in. And so for a mission accomplished, we're always looking to improve, um, you know, but we're really, really proud of our style guides because at the end of the day, you know, the hundreds and hundreds of, of men and women that we have as style guides in our showrooms really represent the brand, you know, every day with our customers. And they're just really, really good. You know, they're, they're knowledgeable about the product, uh, about the category at large and, and really help our customers, like I said, create that one of a kind garment. Yeah, and the locations of Indochino, there are some pretty prominent addresses, you know, Madison Avenue in New York City. Uh, you've got a location on the Gold Coast in Chicago. I think it's on Rush Street, right by Walton. Uh, you know, I've, I've certainly been noticing uh, these new Indochino showrooms opening up. Uh, these are American cities. Obviously, we've got many in Canada too, but um, is it easier? Because I'd say in terms of you're not having inventory in the stores, but you've got obviously, you know, a place where, you, where you're, you know, you're paying leases and these are premium locations. Tell me a bit about the real estate and how this has all been with Indochino. Yeah, I mean, real estate is a part of the equation, right? So when you think about, 
you know, a retail model or, or showroom model, which is what we call our stores, showrooms, you know, we, again, we wanted to do it differently. Right. And so we don't have inventory, you know, in our stores, whereas, you know, our off the rack or ready to wear competitors would have, you know, 500,000, a million dollars of inventory at any given time in a store. You know, we don't, we don't have that. Um, we're appointment based. So, you know, our showrooms, whether it's on the high streets that you mentioned, or, um, you know, in a mall, uh, like Yorkdale there in Toronto, um, you know, we generate traffic, right? We're, we're a destination. People are coming in specifically uh, with intent because they've made an appointment. And then, you know, that third thing just being sort of that overall experience and we're really wanting to delight each and every customer uh, we've paid a lot of attention to. And so, you know, certainly rents uh, vary <laughs> by city, by province, by state. We felt it was important in the early days, you know, to be front and center. And so our first seven or eight locations were kind of, as you mentioned, right? So, you know, right in the, in the heart of Soho, uh, right in the heart of the Triangle in Chicago, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, San Francisco Market Street. And, you know, these are historic retail destinations onto themselves, you know, and so as a brand that was, you know, really venturing into retail at the first, uh, for the first time, uh, after being online for many, many years, we just felt that was an important sort of step. But again, our, our rents and how we look at that is not an isolated thing. We look at it in context of our overall sort of business model and, and P&L per per store, but also per region, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, and now Indochino is expanding again with Nordstrom. There's just been announcements that's been made. Um, tell me a little bit about that and how it'll be configured within Nordstrom. Will there, will there be Indochino showrooms or tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I, uh, I'm so excited about this. You know, we, um, well, first, just grateful. You know, I mean, I'm, I've been a fan and admirer um, of Nordstrom for decades. I just think they're an incredible brand. Um, you know, sometimes you, you, you look at a brand from afar and, um, you know, you have that admiration for it and then you sort of meet the, 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 the company and maybe expectations are go down, but it's actually the opposite. It's just such an incredible organization, uh, an incredible team over there. They've just been a delight to work with. And, you know, we, and as any entrepreneur is, we were, we were persistent with this. This is something we wanted to do many years ago. Um, you know, I think I met with Nordstrom for the first time, maybe four years ago in Seattle, uh, and really painted this, this vision and this picture of us working together, uh, for the benefit of both, you know, parties. Um, you know, we, we serve a, a younger demographic, uh, than most of the Nordstrom locations do. And so we're bringing in now, you know, a, a different type of customer and serving, you know, their existing customers in a way that they haven't uh, had before, right? And so uh, we are now in the process of launching our second sort of tranche of showrooms. So we'll be at 21 Nordstrom locations by July 5th, uh, which is super exciting. And, you know, it really is, I mean, I think the traditional, uh, verbiage is sort of shop and shop. Um, mm -hmm. I like to say showroom and shop. Uh, not everyone understands what that is, but mm -hmm. we're essentially taking our showrooms and and building them inside of a Nordstrom 
you know, inside of the, 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 the sort of men's uh, floor or section and, and staying true to our model. So it's an appointment-based virtual inventory. Um, but again, I think what's been the most amazing is we sort of soft launched the partnership and now are able to announce it in full. It's just been the teamwork, right? It's just been incredible. They've just absolutely been an incredible organization to work with. And, uh, you know, we see this as a partnership that can last decades. You know, this has got more plans to launch uh, additional showrooms this year uh, and next year and the year after. Um, there will be free alterations for all of our customers at any Nordstrom location. And that's something that's that's groundbreaking and, and really going to uh, continuously improve our experience. And we'll do, be doing a lot of cross-marketing, um, you know, in the, in the months and years to come. Uh, to both of our customer bases. And so it's, it's exciting. Right. And uh, the little secret to this one is um, I remember, you know, when the pandemic hit mid March in 2020, um, I got on a call uh, with their CMO and, you know, they were in the midst of, you know, deciding, should we close our department stores? And we were in the midst of doing, you know, deciding the same in terms of, you know, temporarily closing them down due to the pandemic. And we kind of sort of paused and we just thought, you know, look, we're, we're about to launch this partnership. I don't think we can launch. <laughs> and so, you know, we had to delay the launch of it, uh, you know, for several months. We then did a beta launch, a soft launch, and now we're, we're coming out in full. So I'm just really proud uh, of the partnership. I'm proud of our team and just excited for, for, for what we can do together in the years to come. Oh, excellent. That's exciting. And uh, I think there'll be a lot more success coming too. <laughs> Let, let's change the conversation slightly. Let's talk about leadership. I was going to say, how do, you, how do you view it and what advice do you have for young entrepreneurs? Such a great topic because I'm so passionate about uh, leadership. Um, you know, I think it's, it's obviously an important uh, ingredient for any company to be successful. You need to have strong leadership, um, not just from one person, you know, um, I think the best organizations, you know, empower leadership throughout the organization and throughout the organization. And so, you know, for, for us, we, uh, at least I spend a lot of time, you know, thinking about how I can make the people that we have leading teams here at Indochino the best they can possibly be as it, you know, as it relates to, to, to leaders and, and leadership traits. Um, you know, I've talked a lot about this in, in the in the weeks and the months and the years, just in terms of my own leadership. I think my advice, you know, would probably center around four or five words. Um, you know, I think the first thing is is, you know, being patient, right? I think sometimes as an entrepreneur, um, and you know, what whatever stage, uh, an early an early stage company, mid stage, or even a late stage venture super important to be patient right um, by nature entrepreneurs were were driven you know and um, you know we're, we're we're really really going after a vision or a goal um, important to get everybody on that page and, and believe in the vision and the goal but it's also important to be patient with it and so that would be you know one word that that I think you know again we could talk about patience for an hour but it is really really an important leadership trait. Um, the second is, you know, do as you say, right? And I think, you know, 
people will not follow leaders that uh, just sort of direct and 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 don't um, you know do what they say others should do. And so I take a lot of care with you know trying to be the hardest worker in the room, for example, right? Um, and I take a lot of pride in that. And I don't expect everybody to work uh, as much or as hard as I do. Uh, but I do think that hard work, you know, equals success. And I talk a lot about that, both with within my organization, within companies that I'm a part of, even with my boys at home. And so I, I lead by example as it relates, you know, to hard work and other things that that I believe are important. Um, oh, em- empathy is another one that I think is super important for a leader to have. And it's not uh, by nature... I don't think it's a natural thing for us to all have empathy, but I I certainly think if you're going to be in a position of power or in a position of of leadership, you really need to focus on that word and, you know, and it's super helpful, right? Um, You know, when you're having conversations, try to listen more than, than you speak, Um, you know, really try to understand what's going on for your employees and for the people that report to you. Uh, put yourself in their shoes. Um, anyways, those are those are three words I think that are super important. Um, I could go on and on, Craig, but but I'll maybe pause there. Yeah, yeah, because um, we did an editorial where we talked about leadership and retail insider, and uh, you talked about the five P's as well. Yeah, yeah, those have been with me for a long, long time. You know, I'm uh, uh, I'm turning 47 next week. So it's been, uh, it's probably been with me now for 20 years. It started out as people, product and profit and, and really a focus on, you know, those three pillars and building a business, whether it be a retail business, technology company. Um, I really believe that if you always put people first and really focus on building great teams and great cultures, um, you know, you're going to be successful and, and you've got to keep the focus of people as your, as your primary um, product is important. Right. And, you know, for us at Indochino, I mentioned that that's kind of morphed into this, this thought around the experience being the product um, and really refining that. And then, you know, over time you've, no matter, you know, what stage of a company you're at, you know, profitability is important, right? Because, uh, you know, how you do as a company determines how long you can provide your service or a product to a customer. However, that's, that's evolved, right? I, you know, the, it's become five P's now. So, you know, um, people again, number one product, super important, uh, partners is another P that I've really, really, you know, zoned in on as I built companies and I feel it's extremely important, you know, at Indochino, uh, we took that approach day one in terms of scaling this company. We partnered, uh, you know, in China, we partnered in Japan, we partnered across North America with media companies, now with department stores like Nordstrom, with the Yankees, with the Red Sox, with hundreds of athletes and celebrities, um, and to create the company. And I can tell you without a doubt and, and, and guarantee this, you know, we would not have been as successful as, as we've been unless we had that sort of focus on partnerships. Another one, another P that, you know, we brought in is, is price. So, you know, when you're looking at your business, uh, again, whether it's in retail or software or, you know, whatever business you're in, price matters. 
and you need to price your service, your product, your experience appropriately um, so that you're driving value for the customer and driving value for the company. And so, you know, price has been another uh, big focus. And then the final one, you know, around, around press, I do feel like, again, from a partnership perspective, there's this great opportunity for any brand to really partner with the press uh, to gain awareness, right? About what your vision is, what your goals are, uh, what you're accomplishing, um, what you're doing. And so I, I do think, you know, a strong partnership uh, with the press and a focus on PR is important in terms of building a company. I agree as being the press. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd like that one. But it, it is totally true because if you think, well, uh, I step back, you know, Retail Insider isn't quote unquote mainstream media, but if something's in, you know, especially a mainstream media publication, it gives a credibility. I mean, it's beyond just advertising, which, you know, may or may not be legit or, you know, would be paid for. But if you're actually say in CBC or something like that, you know, people are going to take notice. Oh, hundred percent. My, my dad used to, um, when I was a kid, he used to say, you know, Wayne Gretzky rule, right? And, and I was like, dad, man, what, what does that mean, the Wayne Gretzky rule? And so, you know, his big thing was that he'd, we'd watch Wayne Gretzky in interviews and we'd watch him or we'd read, you know, some of the things that he would say in the newspaper at the time. And it was always about other people. It was always about his teammates. It was always about the organization and never about himself. Right. And so, you know, the press allows you, you know, when you say something great about the company, uh, which, which hopefully, and actually you have, and I appreciate that, you know, it, it matters, right. It, it really is like, we're, we're grateful that you've said it, but, but people listen. Right. And so, you know, have others speak uh, about you and, and say great things is, is, is not a bad place to be in. Oh, it makes perfect sense. And uh, last point we'll touch on here is a bit of an innovation. You know, Indochino is, is is leading in a lot of ways in terms of, you know, a lot of digital. This is, I think, where a lot of retail is going. How does a person keep on top of these uh, trends as we shift to more of a digital world during this pandemic? Because uh, there's so much coming at us right now. There's so much coming at us, right? I mean, it's it's incredible. And there's so much coming at us, but frankly, there's been so much coming at us for 25 years, right? We we're living in, I think, one of the most incredible, you know, times in the history of the world, right? Think about all the information that's available to us. Think about the massive amounts of, you know, different subjects we can learn very quickly, industries, et cetera. We're just so fortunate. I, the, the word innovation, and I have this debate uh, with somebody on my, ex, <laughs> on my management team all the time. I, I think innovation is is too often tied to technology and innovation to me certainly can come through technology. And we've seen a lot of that, Craig, these last 25 years. And in terms of, you know, how retail retailers interact with their customers and drive their businesses, but innovation can come through, you know, your model, right? How can you change your model and innovate, uh, different parts of of your business to be a better business, both for your customers, your employees, you know, as well as your your your, your stakeholders slash shareholders. And so, I I like to think of innovation across the whole spectrum, right? How can you improve process? Uh, and maybe that's not technology related. How can you uh, reimagine your model 
Uh, so again, that it's a stronger model for customers and, and employees. And, and, and that's not always tied to technology. There's certainly, you know, especially in Canada, we're, we're a little bit, you know, we've been a little bit behind on the e-commerce front, um, but that's changing. And, you know, there's a lot of, as you mentioned, a lot of, you know, headwinds and trends that are happening. But again, I, I encourage, you know, leaders and I encourage entrepreneurs to think about innovation, uh, not in a silo of technology, but across, you know, the whole spectrum, even in how you, you know, even in how you lead, innovate yourself, right? Um, for example, so. Well, makes sense. Absolutely. Is there anything else you'd like to uh, mention in terms of Indochino or yourself? I just really enjoyed this uh, conversation. It's gone so quickly. Um, I don't think so. You know, I'm happy to answer more, any more questions, but this has been this has been a really great conversation, and I just uh, really am grateful for all your support of the brand and and for uh, allowing us to talk a little bit about it today. So thank you. Well, thank you so much, Drew. And uh, thank you so much, everyone, for listening today. That was Drew Green, CEO of Indochino. And I'm Craig Patterson, Editor-in-Chief of Retail Insider. Join us again for another segment. Thank you and take care. Bye for now. And just a gentle reminder, we do have an email newsletter that you can subscribe to that goes out every weekday morning. And it has a link to the Canadian news from around the web that we've curated from the previous day, as well as links to our recently published articles exclusive to Retail Insider. If you go to our website, retail-insider.com, you can find the subscribe area towards the bottom of our main page, and then you can get that email into your inbox every morning. Thank you everyone for listening. And until next time.